Chapter Twenty Eight of The Blue Star. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Angelique G. Campbell. August two thousand eighteen. The Blue Star by Fletcher Pratt. Embers Revived. We will hear the next case, said the Kronzler Eschol the people's guard opened the door to the room of the accused and called bring her in while a sharp-faced countryman stepped forward from the rear of the court two more guards behind him the countryman had a merchant's badge and so quick an eye that rodford gazed at him fascinated to see what it would tell and was therefore unprepared when he turned his head to see the accused it was maritzel of stojan rosic a maritzel pale behind her red lips still even when she moved and much changed how rodford asked himself and could find no answer but in a certain lessening of fibre that was expressed around the mouth though the breathtaking thrill of her presence was still so much there that he swallowed a crazy-faced prosecutor stepped forward i present an accusation of treason against the nation on the part of the demoiselle maritzel of stojanrozic mistress of count cludy and foreign traitor i call the innkeeper of drog mistress of count cludy and drog the sharp-faced man stood forth maritzel turned to look at him and as her eyes turned back they fell on rodford she started and before she looked down again he caught from them an arrow of purest and most astounding hatred tell us your story said the jurist president i keep a good house said the man twisting his cap in his hands and i have to be careful to preserve its reputation because the prosecutor touched his arm give your condition first head bobbed thank you friend i am keeper of the inn star of drosola at drog on the road through the pass of pikes in the ragged mountains and mine is the largest inn there with three upper rooms beside the general chamber maritzel was looking at him again not now with hatred but weariness of the world and the thought that he rodford was as dreary as any part of it it has never been necessary for the provost to come to my place except when i called them now when this woman came into my inn i knew right away something was wrong late at night it was and she and a three-horse coach with the driver and that seemed strange the prosecutor halted him again explain why you thought something was wrong look at her she comes evidently from the court and bears the marks of it he jabbed a finger at the girl but it was rodford she looked at a long slow glance in which was some decision to make a desperate appeal when i saw her i think to myself as a man often will that this is not the place for a court woman to be not with the court in zins so i think this is a good one to watch and perhaps i will learn something she sat apart from the coachmaster in the high dining room she did while she was supping i served her myself and marked how there was a little casket she kept beside herself and touched her hand to even while she was eating her face now outwardly held the appeal 
but a plan was building in her mind he could see it grow stone by stone but not clearly what it was because little hate flashes continued to jag across the picture so i said to her that if her casket was that precious i ought to hold it in a strong box of the inn there being so many wandering soldiers about when i said this her ladyship he grinned a vulpine grin to show this was intended for a joke said no she would as soon lose her life as the casket which being so small i think it must have had in it something beside jewels so i said to myself here is some mystery but if anyone can unlock it it is my friend clab that was a provost of the court at Setis fix till it was broken up so while her ladyship was at the dessert i slipped out to find my friend clab and let him walk past the door to look at her the minute he saw her one moment said the prosecutor and addressed the court i present the former provost clab now a people's guard he motioned to a man behind who took the innkeeper's place tell your story yes your friend i saw her through the door as i went past and i knew her at once from Maritzla stojan rosic because i had seen her before she is the one count cludy brought to sit out of vix to be his mistress after the spring festival i told this to friend brazel and he said if she was as close as that to count cludy she had no business in drog so we went in and under pain of the sword made her give up the casket it had some jewels in it but underneath the lining was the letter the letter is here said the prosecutor handing up a parchment partly torn but bearing the unmistakable blue star seal it is a document already famous in which cludy beseeches the aid of the tritulicans in return for sessions of territory most treasonable matter mm-hmm said kronzler eschel looking at it as though he had never seen it before the zigrenier jurist craned his neck her plan was complete now she took one step forward and in a low urgent whisper said rodford help me it was an entreaty and as though she knew of the use of the jewel she was projecting a promise behind the entreaty and the plan was behind the promise but it was as though that help me laid a compulsion on him rodford turned round as eschel was handing the parchment to the third jurist your pardon kronzler a frown very well i will see it rodford stepped to the bench and whispered she is thinking of some sort of plan i do not know for what i think i could find out if i could question her alone i knew her in the old days i see eschel addressed the court this is perhaps the foulest piece of treason in the history of dulcilla and we have proof that the message is no forgery in the recent march of the tritolican shars over the southern border and the delivery to them without a battle of the castle of falstag it is evident that the accused had full knowledge of the contents of this letter and is therefore guilty of taking part in a vile conspiracy against the nation but this court is required to follow every treason to its source 
not merely to establish individual guilts we will postpone this matter for inquiry and pass to the next case part two rodford sprang up as she was led into the room hurrying to get her one of the comfortless chairs from the row against the wall the guard leered at him with a thought so nasty that rodford's tongue stumbled as he said she wants to tell me something in private the guard laughed glanced at the barred window and slammed the door maritzel said rodford i do not want to go to the throat cutter what can i do said he her hands clenched fingers entwined in fingers take me away you are the writer to this court can you not make an order or something for my release to be transported elsewhere this was the plan but it was not the whole plan and yet under the magic of her presence the words seemed to count more than what lay behind them it it would be very difficult he said the order would have to be countersigned and and you are a writer a note of scorn in her voice you mean i should forge the signature why not this regency of yours is hopeless i have been confined but even i know that how many shar of soldiers do you order enough to fight the court and all try to ulica now it was rodford's turn to be uneasy for he had asked himself these questions the people will rise he said have they risen yet where are their weapons how many leaders do you have who can set a battle in order pavinius will never fight with the tridolicans they'll compose now genuine black anger jutted from her eyes all you can do here in this little dream world is lay the ground for vengeance on yourselves she was near enough to reach out a hand and touch him take me away i do not want to go to the throat cutter and i do not want you to either and you would have me betray her eyes flashed a resolve before he could say more she was out of her chair arms around his shoulders cheek caressing his head ah oh, rodford i will make it up to you he stood up in the circle of her arms her head tilted back the long lashes lying on her cheek over veiled eyes mistake he thought a sudden rivulet of cold running down his spine it cannot be true you were hating me a moment ago think i see your plan now he held her off with rough hands on her shoulders you are cludie's mistress he said the liquid flesh changed to brass eyes snapped open as she shook herself free yes i am cludie's mistress she cried and whose fault is it i was a good girl once i would have given you everything and remained good no matter what i did for you you did not want me she was down in the chair again crying through her fingers you are too much like him she said and he wrung by the thought of that fair neck delivered to the executioner laid a hand on her shoulder and said i will do what i can now kronzler eschel must be persuaded if possible that though there had been a treason it was a treason done for love and could be passed over part three rodford came in late and had had no supper save some bread and cheese caught at an inn with the two people's guards who accompanied him Slayer having left long before lalette was arranging her hair before the mirror with a candle on either side 
and did not turn round. At the sight of her lifted graceful arms, a wave of tenderness swept over him. Lalette, he said, almost lilting the word, good evening. She still did not turn, and the voice was formal. He hurried across the room in long steps and turned her around. What has happened? There was an impatient movement. Don't. You will spoil my hair. Nothing. Lalette, there is something. Tell me. She kept her eyes away from him. Nothing. And then, as he stood merely waiting in burning intensity, a small thing, truly. You need not be troubled. Only I know now who it was you were unfaithful to me with. He was hot and cold together. Who says I was unfaithful? Will you come with me now? She quoted. Broderick, you may be able to read some of my thoughts, but do not forget why. Is she a witch, too? She must be. Or my blue star that I lent you would be dead. Or did she give you another before you shared her with Count Clodie? She wanted to hurt him as she had been hurt, to make him regret and feel that no regret in any fashion could replace what had been lost. Shared her with Count Clodie. He could feel honest indignation now. Lalette, who are you talking about? I am glad you saved her life, said she, still not looking at him. It is a pity my hair is dark and my skin muddy. When these troubles are over, you can have a good time with her on the estate. It is in Zeta, isn't it? The indignation no longer needed to be pushed. All he could think of was how he had rejected the shell of that Maritzel once desired. He said, Lalette, I swear to you that I have never been with Maritzel of Stosian Rosek, if that is the one you mean. I swear that I never will. I don't even want her. The accent of sincerity was making her doubt, but the bitterness persisted beneath. She had only lost the line somewhere, and was not yet ready to release him if you are really in love with her you may go only i will not be one of your casual contacts he was invaded by despair of making her understand with or without the fullest tale of the maid de marius and the witch of casmergia why he cried it would seem to me that it is asked of any pair who live together to protect each other from casual contacts by one means or another but this is merely not true will you listen to every tale-bearer who tries to split us apart for reasons of his own she lowered her head melting a little knowing he knew of demaday slara's desire if not of her own temptation there are some tales you might have borne to me yourself instead of letting me learn them by hazard why did you betray me by telling matherin of the child of diolana torland's heiress now he took her strongly by the shoulders lalette he said i never told him you accuse me of being a liar and betrayer do you think i am a fool as well if matherin knows of her he has learned it through some other source you are the only one i told suddenly and dreadfully she knew where that other source was that night in the garden when she herself told demaday slayer matherin's voice and sword she moved close putting both arms around him in a convulsive gesture oh rodford she said i am afraid he is having her brought here and will make her a witch himself that little girl 
she began to cry then that night as they sought and received from each other whatever comfort passion could give she touched him and said it is true i am a witch and your partner the great marriage end of chapter twenty eight recording by angelique g campbell